Welcome into another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, joined as always by Matt Williamson. Matt, how's it going today, man? Things are great. How about you? Almost playoff time in the yeah. Dynasty world. Yeah, going well. A, a bunch of my leagues are, as as you know, a bunch of my leagues are 24-team leagues, two conferences making up the entire league, and that basically means we need an extra week of playoffs to decide everything. Uh, so, yeah, most most of my playoffs actually start this week. Uh, a few of them actually started last week. I think we mentioned that with some of the kitchen sink leagues. So, it, basically, it's playoff time for me. Yeah, and for people who don't know, we've mentioned this over our many episodes here. You're the commissioner of these hyperactive leagues. And when, they, when you say they're a 24-team league, I'm in hyperactive two, I'm in hyperactive four, where I'm undefeated, by the way. And <laughs> I mean, while you're killing it in the other ones, but for those that don't realize how you operated that, which is cool. And why we start a week early is yes, it is a 24 team league, but there's almost like two different leagues. There's a hyper and there's an active. So Rob Gronkowski's in both leagues. You know what I mean? Like for those that don't understand. So when the Super Bowl happens and hyper champ plays the active champ, you could have some of the same players playing against each other, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of a fun wrinkle to it. It's a, they're essentially two separate leagues. You don't play the other side until the title game. And like you said, there are different player pools. So Gronkowski, Aaron Rodgers, who, whichever player you want to look at, there's two copies mm-hmm. um, across the league, one on each side. So, uh, yeah, those, those are fun leagues. And like I said, it's, it's playoff time for us in those leagues. And as you mentioned – Hyperactive four, undefeated. You lose Zeke, and you're still 12 and 0. That's very impressive. Yeah, rolling along, and I have some tough decisions this week too. I mean, there, I got a I got a good team in that one, and I was bad to start. I ended up taking um, Gurley and Zeke back to back with first overall picks my first two years in the league, and it just goes to show you how you can bounce back pretty quick. I mean, I got. Wentz is my quarterback. I mean, I got guys like Hyde, Ingram, Deion Lewis, P. Ryan. Um, my receivers are just okay. It's been my running backs, you know, that have been my my staple, obviously. But I'm starting Devontae Adams and Brandon Cooks this week. That's not so shabby. Yeah, I think that, that may be an interesting thing to look at by the end of the season. Study some of these league champions in, in competitive dynasty leagues. And I, I bet most of them are filled with most of them are running back heavy teams where the past yeah. few years, maybe teams were anchored by Julio Jones or AJ green or Calvin Johnson a few years ago, guys like that. But now it's probably Gurley and Ingram and Kamara and, and these running backs who are just putting up crazy numbers. And a lot of them are young and, you know, exciting for the future too. And, and even Elliot, he put up huge numbers when he was in there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, today, Matt, we've got a listener question episode. We've got uh, got some good questions. And our first one actually comes from you, a suggested topic. You threw this out on Twitter, and we will start there. You said you wanted to talk about why Jimmy Garoppolo is a top 10 dynasty quarterback. So I definitely want to hear your argument on that. Just seeing you bring that up, my, my first thought was uh, I definitely would disagree with that. It made me go check out my rankings. So I currently have... Rodgers at number one, Russell Wilson, and then some of the young guys we've seen break out this year. Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott, um, Deshaun Watson, 
Mariota and Winston at six and seven, Luck, Cam, and I have Derek Carr at 10. So you can argue that Mariota, Carr, and Winston have all kind of disappointed this season. And maybe a guy like Garoppolo sneaks in there, but actually, I probably, I probably should have uh, Jared Goff in there. Somewhere. You need to mention Goff, yeah, yeah. And then, so other guys outside of my top ten besides Goff, who probably will will be in there the next time I update. Uh, Kirk Cousins, Matt Stafford, Ryan, Brady, Bree, some of those veterans. Garoppolo's still pretty low on my list, but I would love to hear your reasoning for having him in the top ten. And I'm interested in which of the players I named that you would rank him ahead of. Well, my tweet may have been a little presumptuous. <laughs> so, so here was my thinking is I just told you about the league I was undefeated in. Well, the league I don't like to bring up, my team is awful. And I had Vernon Davis and I had the Jags D and one of the dudes who's relying on Jordan Reed and a terrible defense started picking around trying to get those guys to stretch run. So, great. Take my D. Take Vernon Davis. I mean, they're, they're worth something to him, that's for sure. And in the deal, I realized there wasn't much that he would get rid of because he's making a stretch run that I was interested in. I got Jimmy Garoppolo, and I was really happy about it. I got, like, Garoppolo and a third, something like that for those two guys. And my at the time, Tyrod Taylor, Eli, and Rivers were my quarterbacks. So, nothing to really get excited about. But I looked at Garoppolo through this eyes of – San Francisco absolutely is going to add a receiver this year. I mean, maybe with their first-round pick. Maybe Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, they're going to spend money on somehow get a receiver. I have no doubt in my mind about that. And it really is just in Shanahan I trust. I mean, I think Garoppolo can be a Matt Ryan-like contributor and can be my long-term answer at quarterback. So yesterday, to another contender in that league, I dealt Phillip Rivers for Charles Clay and a couple thirds and some other things just to get as many picks as I possibly can. But then we're sitting here getting ready to record the dynasty blueprint. And I'm like, boy, I really like Jimmy. I think he's a long-term fantasy starter, but top 10, Matt, are you really, is that really true? So I started writing down names I would take over him in in no particular order. I came up with many of the same you just said. Wilson, Carr, Ryan, Rogers, Dak, Wentz, who's number one on my list, Cam, Luck, Mariota, Watson, Goff, maybe even Brady. So that's like a dozen or 11 guys right there. And then I didn't include Jameis, who probably could make the argument that he still belongs over him. Didn't include Drew Brees. And I also didn't include Cousins or Stafford, who I think you could have an argument with. And I'm not sure if I mentioned Goff, but I'd rather have Goff. So, no, he's not a top 10 dynasty quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Long story short, I just proved my question wrong. But you can see my point where he might be a great guy to get and part, you know, look as your long-term starter. So, I mean, building teams and doing rankings, doing even doing dynasty drafts, for me, it's all about tiers and which players are in the same tiers. I don't find, honestly, I don't find a ton of value in trying to debate between guys like Rogers and Russell Wilson or Wentz and Dak Prescott or, uh, or even Mariota and Winston. Like they're all, they're all in, in similar tiers. So that's really, I think the decision 
that maybe we need to make. So are so you're putting Garoppolo maybe in the same tier as guys like Cousins and Stafford and Ryan? Is that fair to say? Yes. Yeah. So so even if he's right. not, yeah, even if he's not top ten yet, he's at least uh, in, in that same range. Comfortable starting, um, not elite, a lot of upside. I think system friendly. Yes. So yeah, I, and I think that's a good way to do it, especially with quarterbacks, because if you have Winston and I have Mariota, we're not going to trade one for the other. I mean, rarely, unless it's a startup, or you have to actually decide which one you want. So, yeah, I think tiering, especially the quarterback, I guess he would be a third-tier guy. You know, if Wentz and Rodgers and maybe Luck or who may, or, or top-tier guys, and then a big power number twos, I guess he'd be a three, where a month ago I looked at him as a five. All right, that makes sense. All right, let's look at some of our questions from our listeners. First one comes from Mike, and this is – Definitely a, um, a, a popular question, popular topic this time of year. Mike says, my biggest question this time of season is who are some really deep dynasty stash guys that may be on waivers as we look towards 2018? He mentions this point last year was when he picked up Rex Burkhead, which has proven to be a nice ad. Um, this, is, this is a tough question to answer it because it's, it's so league dependent. Uh, it just depends on how many players on your roster. I I tried to look at some players who are either on waiver wires in most of my leagues or I feel like are kind of borderline, e- either borderline for my own team. Like I, I might consider dropping them if I needed to pick up someone or I, I just kind of feel like they're they could go either way for, for any roster. So I've I've got a few names I'm interested in. Interested to hear some from you as well. Uh, I only really found one quarterback that I thought was interesting. It's Chad Kelly, the Denver rookie. I yeah. mean, it's that that situation is uh, clearly just a disaster. Simeon and Lynch and and Osweiler, obviously, none of those guys are the long term answer. I think we, I think we know that at this point. Um, Lynch is really, I guess, the only one that hurts. They spent spend an early pick to acquire him. The other guys you just uh, chalk up his losses and move on from. So I, I think they, they're they in a tough spot because they don't know what they have in Kelly. And and we talked about this at the beginning of the year, honestly, before the season even started, this exact scenario. What happens if all three guys, uh, that may have been before they added Osweiler, but what happens if Simeon and and Lynch bust Kelly doesn't play the entire year and now you don't know what to do. So they want to, they want to know what Kelly can give them, but they're also going to be staring at a top 10 pick, maybe even a top five pick. And they're going to face a decision using that pick on a quarterback, maybe getting, uh, becoming active in the free agency market, which is, is going to be pretty plentiful or, or somehow just giving Kelly a shot. So I'm I'm taking a chance on Kelly, especially if in some of those super flex leagues I'm in. But it's hard to see a path where he's the starter in 2018. Yeah, a lot of things would really, a lot of dominoes would have to fall. And it's not even that Simeon or Lynch would worry me. It's just I I can't see Elway as an aggressive GM just going with what they got. You know, I mean, I bet he's going to make some sort of aggressive move. Maybe that's bringing in Eli. I don't know. But yeah, I hear you. 
Um, but yeah, he'd have to be a pretty deep league, or like you said, a two quarterback or super flex league. Um, the guys I came up with, I, I assume Brissett doesn't count. Is he too accessible for this? I mean, I if like you're talking, yeah, if you're talking about waiver wire, I think I think probably so. Um, he he might still be out there on some some shallow one quarterback leagues, but he's he's been really impressive, don't you think? Yes. Yeah, very much so. I mean, like when I'm on the air here in Pittsburgh, I've often said, if Ben retires, that would be my target. Go offer a second round pick for Brissett or something like that. I mean, I think he's an NFL starter. Um, The other two names I came up with, and there's news on this, just because they named Geno the starter, maybe people out there will say, well, they hate Davis Webb. Well, I could see Davis Webb starting next week. Not that I even like him though, but I could see him finishing out the season playing a couple games, maybe. I mean, it's really deep. And then you're going to love this one, Tom Savage. Yeah, let's let's talk about that. <laughs> let's talk about that. So you had a you tweeted this out during the what was Monday it? Night. the Monday night game? That's the Ravens. Tom Savage Before. is is not as bad. Not yeah, not terrible. Not as bad as as people want to pile on. So. I mean, you you got to defend yourself here. He he is bad. He's I'm really not bad. Saying he's, like, I'd much rather have Brissett. Don't get me wrong. But he's a strong-arm guy that makes throws. Too many interceptions. But I don't know that he's horrible. I mean, if you – again, if I put him in Pittsburgh behind this line, handed off a lot and threw deep, you know, the, the interceptions are a problem. Don't get me wrong. I can make a case where I wouldn't mind him on my football team. Well, that's not not exactly a, a glowing recommendation. No. Though. I mean, I said he didn't stink. Yeah, I think he does stink. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I think we're probably talking – we're not talking fantasy or dynasty here at all. You're just thinking from a, an NFL, a scout perspective, right? I mean, right. Fantasy-wise, there's really no argument. He's – he's been really bad every every opportunity he's had but if you, but a typical super flex league you're in is he on a roster right now he's on a roster yeah i mean in in my super flex league so they're they're deep rosters and obviously two quarterbacks or, or you can start two quarterbacks um so every starter i mean matt moore is on a roster yeah, and right, right. every starter and a, a large number of the top backups are on a roster. So yeah, he's on a roster. I've got him rostered in a couple of them, but it's, it's more of a, a keep away move. Um, you know, if somebody does, if somebody loses Jameis, if somebody uh, loses Eli Manning, um, I don't want them to be able to pick up that, that starter that might give them 10 easy points in a week. Or maybe the Watson owner wants them. Right. So yeah, he's he's on a roster. He has roster value, but he, he doesn't have trade value. I don't think you can. Get, no, 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 no. I don't think you could even get really like a third rounder for him in even in a super flex league. Last name Blaine Gabbert. I like that one a little bit more. Yeah, um, he's first uh, pick. right. I, I think it's it's only a, a two game sample here, but I think he's played pretty well. Clearly better than what what Stanton did. Yes, and Palmer could retire. I mean, Gabbert could be their opening day starter. I mean, we're reaching here. This is deep. You know, as Sig and those guys say, these are submarine guys. But there's ability. I mean, all the reports, everything Arian says about him is positive. Um, he doesn't seem to crumble with the when the wind blows as much as he used to. Uh, maybe. 
All right. Well, we, we've spent a lot of time on probably the least important position right. of quarterback. I'm going to throw out um, a few other names, uh, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. I, I think the play here is, and I, I didn't do this intentionally, but as I was looking over rosters and over waiver wires in some of my leagues, the trend I started to notice is that players I was jotting down were rookies who have, have maybe disappointed this year. And um, I, Oftentimes, we do have, as dynasty owners, we kind of lack patience with some of these young players, especially if we only spend a third round or a fourth round pick on them. If they're not performing, a lot of times they hit the waiver wire and we're adding uh, the, the flavor of the week. So if these guys are out there on the waiver wire, I would definitely consider adding them, especially if you're out of the playoffs, maybe you're dropping your defense and kicker and, or or you're dropping guys like Tom Savage who don't have any long-term value. Matthew days in Cleveland is a guy I would look at. Um, Crowell's a free agent, right? Crowell's a free agent. uh, And, and honestly just hasn't been that good this year. I don't know how that situation is going to play out. I don't want to give them, Definitely don't want to give them too much credit, but they've got other holes to fill besides running back. So maybe next year, instead of Crowell and Duke, it's it's Days and Duke and da- Daisy Duke. Daisy Duke. Daisy Duke. Maybe. Or Something Barkley like and Duke. Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Or just Barkley, if that's the case. Right. <laughs> Who needs Duke in that situation? Um, Jeremy McNichols, uh, he's pretty pretty well known. He was a second rounder. Uh, in a lot of my rookie drafts, fortunately not by me, uh, and and didn't even make – Tampa was was his original team, I think. Didn't make that roster. Yep. Ended up with the 49ers. Didn't make that roster. I think actually just today he was promoted from the taxi squad. So uh, he's a guy would kick the tires on. Lots of wide receivers. Josh Reynolds, Amara Darbo, Ardarius Stewart. All those guys are have had – fairly quiet rookie seasons. If they're on the waiver wire, I would grab those guys. Reynolds played well last week, taking over for uh, Robert Woods, and he had a touchdown. Tight ends, Jeremy Sprinkle. Uh, the, the Washington situation is pretty ugly. Uh, Reed just just can't stay healthy. He's already been ruled out for next week. And and Vernon Davis I've been impressed with. He's played well, but uh, not not a long-term option there in Washington. Uh, Rico gathers Johnny Smith. I think Johnny's probably on a roster in, in most competitive leagues, but if he's somehow available, I'd grab him for sure. Great names. Uh, or Darius Stewart was on my list. Do you think Mac Hollins is not deep enough? Um, yeah, I, I looked at him and, and, uh, I was just trying to go a bit deeper, but kind of, yeah. he's probably in that Johnny Smith range. If he's available, scoop him up. Agreed. Um, especially because Alshon Jeffrey's a free agent after the year. He could be their big, deep threat. The other name you didn't mention that I still am holding on hope for is Jonathan Williams, who, if you re- recall, he was released by the Bills, and now he's on the Saints. And as much as they love Kamara, there's a chance Ingram is a cap casualty because they're always strapped, that maybe they go and promote Jonathan Williams. That's that's the perfect spot for any running back. Uh, the only right. thing that that gives me some pause is is now just the competition. Um, I don't know if they could could pull the trigger and and let Ingram go, but we did see this report uh, over the past couple of weeks that if he is, I think the the story was if he's named a first team 
all all pro, all NFL, whatever whatever that is. I think yeah. it's all pro. Uh, he basically he becomes a free agent rather than a year down the line. So uh, I don't know. Is that a is that a long shot to happen? It probably is at this point. Yeah, I think it's more likely that they cut him after the season or trade him after the season. But again, it's a great spot, and I think Williams is a talent. Yeah, that, it's basically the case, and we've seen this over the years with guys like Tim Hightower and uh, Cadet, and, and I mean all those guys. They've cycled through um, when they didn't want to give Mark Ingram carries. Any running back on that roster, you sh- we should be paying attention to. I think the the other young guy there is Lasco. I know he got hurt. I'm not sure what his. Uh, sure what he's up what to, his yeah. current status is, but if he's healthy, he's he's another guy. Any 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 Saints running back, I I probably want to roster if the league is deep enough. Agreed. Uh, let's see. Next question from Falco: What's the outlook on Kareem Hunt? Buy, sell, or hold? So we again, we all kind of know the story. There started out uh, just on a, a crazy pace with that a 246 yard game. I think it was in the opener had two or three other really strong games after that. And he hasn't scored a touchdown since week three, I believe Um, his, his yardage is dropping his usage is dropping. I don't just look at him and say he's hit the rookie wall or he defenses have figured him out or anything like that because it's that entire offense. Uh, We've seen Smith struggling. We've seen Tyreek Hill up and down performances, I really am blaming the offense as a whole or or Andy Reid. What are your, what's your take there? Yeah, it's interesting because I had Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus on my other podcast, Locked on NFL, which isn't fantasy related. But what he was working on this week is did a bunch of work on Kamara and a bunch of work on Hunt. So this Dynasty audience might want to download that podcast because we really went into – 10, 15-minute conversation about both those guys. And the one thing I didn't realize that you know Pro Football Focus is useful for was even over these last couple of weeks where Hunt has done nothing, you know, all his owners are out there going crazy, he still has a very high tackle-breaking per- tackle percentage numbers, which is really his game, you know, that everything he's getting, he's getting on his own. So Mike very much believed that Hunt is still the same guy he was in the first month. The blocking hasn't been there, especially on the interior. Defenses are starting to figure things out. They're just begging Alex Smith to throw, and he's not doing it well, clearly. But he has no concerns about Hunt, kind of like you said. It's not like it's a rookie wall or any of those things. So to me, he's a monster buy for me right now. And I don't think he'll – I think when in in the fantasy world – those first four or five games of his career will probably be the best of his life because he's not going to break 60, 70-yard runs like he did that first month. That's just not who he is. That was fluky. But I do think he's an RB1 that maybe you can get for an RB2, RB3 price right now because everyone's so mad at him. Yeah, the the price with him is has really fluctuated throughout. Um, of course, it spiked when Spencer Ware got hurt uh, before the season even started. It It spiked again in a major way when uh, after he got off to this hot start after the first game or two. And um, I mean, the conversation was, is he the RB one overall? Do we rank him ahead of Zeke? Do we rank him ahead of Le'Veon Bell? Those were the conversations that were happening. And that has kind of gone by the wayside, but 
I agree with you. I think he's still a running back one. We're doing uh, our new, we've, it's, it's not December yet, but we've actually started our December DLF mock drafts. Uh, he looks like he's going to settle in as kind of a mid to late second rounder in startup drafts, uh, according to that current data. I, I'm buying at that price. Um, so he's, yeah. he's not a guy you're going to get cheap. But if you can if you can acquire him for like two mid first round rookie picks, I, I think mm-hmm. that's a pretty easy buy, right? I think a lot of people would give you give him that for give you a hunt for that. I feel bad for those that went all in on him five weeks ago and gave up three firsts for him or something, you know, as with the thought of him being one of the first, second, you know, valuable running backs in all of Dynasty. But I would think most hunt owners right now would give you, give him to you for two first. I don't know. I mean, I may need to shop around then. He's, yeah, I want to kick those tires. I think he's clearly worth more than, more than a random first. Yes. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I still think it's at least two first for him. Somewhere, somewhere in that range, though. Yeah, but I mean, I think he's definitely worth inquiring because I'm sure his owners are very down on him. And maybe they take the stance of, hey, this guy cost me the eighth pick in my rookie draft. I got a lot of points out of him. I'll turn him into two first rounders and I still win in the deal. Yeah, there's there's some frustration there for sure. Who's not frustrating, obviously, is our friends at Harry's. And they make great razors. You know, I used to be an electric guy and now I'm a Harry's guy because before that, any blades and shaving equipment that I used always gave me really irritated my skin, but not with Harry's. That's something you guys absolutely have to check out. And they also are a perfect gift for this time of year. So you already know that Harry's makes amazing quality products at a super reasonable price. Harry's a company that guys love. Over 3 million guys, including myself, have switched. It's a practical gift they'll get a lot of use of. You can personalize it and make him feel special. Choose a color that's right for him. Even with limited edition holiday colors they have going on right now custom gift sets to fit his specific needs, even a box for guys that already use Harry's. There's personal engraving if you really want to step it up. This holiday, Harry's is offering a custom and limited edition shaving sets that make perfect gifts. Their gift sets are built with your guy in mind, so now you'll know, so now you know he'll love them. Uh, The sets come with German-engineered five-blade cartridges that provide a close, comfortable shave, foaming shave gel that smells amazing, special limited edition winter chrome and emerald green handles. And like I said, if you want to personalize it with engraving, uh, that's a great idea too. So no matter what you're looking for, Harry's has you covered. Sets come ready to gift in beautifully designed gift boxes. Gift sets start at 10 bucks. They're also great stocking stuffers. Even get something for yourself from Harry's. So as a special offer for our fans, we've partnered with Harry's to give you five bucks off your order. That's already a good deal. When you go to harrys.com, slash dynasty this offer is only available for the holidays so this holiday give dynasty give harry's and give handsome get your holiday shopping done early and take advantage of free shipping to get a limited edition holiday shave set shave set while supplies last go to harrys.com slash dynasty right now that's harris harrys.com slash dynasty Matt, our next question comes from Jonathan. He says, "Is has Hopkins moved above Mike Evans? Uh, looking at some dynasty rankings, ADP, whatever you want to judge that by. Uh, he says Hopkins is quarterback proof, looks great even against some of the best corners in the league. 
Uh, he notes that Evans is very good, but Hopkins has clearly been better this year and ask, would, would you trade Evans for Hopkins? Uh, so we talked a little bit of quarterback rankings with our first question. So let's look at the wide receiver rankings now. I think, first of all, it's fair to say, again, if you're talking about tiers, these guys are both in the top tier. Um, yeah. Probably not a debate many people are going to have as far as Hopkins versus Evans. You kind of know which guy you want. Um, but if if that's if that's the question facing you, if you're drafting or if you have that trade proposed to you, just a one-for-one one swap, which one are you taking? Evans still. And I do think Watson being there is exciting. And even if he's not in, Hopkins gets his. However, I just put this on Twitter too. The same conversation with the the Savage Knight was I've underestimated Hopkins as a football player now for far too long. I mean, he is unbelievable. I, I used to look at him and think, well, he doesn't separate all that great. Well, he makes it work. I mean, the way he goes up against the football is unreal. I mean, he is a very special guy that I always thought he was a slightly lesser talent than the top tier guys, you know, the Julio's, the Evans, the, the prototypes. And now I'm convinced that he's a different type of talent, but not a lesser talent. He's not, you know, he doesn't run a 4-3. He isn't 6-4. All that being said, I slightly favor Evans. And a year ago, or in the offseason, to me, they weren't even close. All right. I, I think for most people, they probably weren't close uh, in the offseason. And obviously that has changed. Uh, Hopkins is, has produced even without uh, even without Watson. He's still continued just to uh, turn heavy volume into uh, some some really nice numbers, uh, receiving numbers and uh, fantasy numbers for us. I, I think um, again they're in the same tier. I don't spend a ton of time debating one versus the other, but. I think if I'm ranking them now, I probably would prefer Hopkins. And really? I've always, I've always been an Evans guy. I mean, he's, he's one of my favorite players to cheer for and, and one of my favorite players to have on my dynasty rosters, but he has, he has kind of disappointed. We, we expected a step back when they added, added Deshaun Jackson, they add OJ Howard, which hasn't had a huge impact, but it, it's kind of all part of the puzzle there. And I think, I think Winston has taken a step back and, Maybe yeah. it's all just that that shoulder injury. Hopefully it is because uh, I have a lot of faith in him as well. Um, Whole organization's been a nightmare this year. Yeah, yeah. You can't you can't really say anything bad about Watson though. And and just when you think of Watson and Hopkins together, hopefully for a full season next year and for years to come, it, not only is it pretty easy for me to move Hopkins above Evans. I, I think you can make a strong case for Hopkins as the number one overall dynasty player. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's really the conversation. Cause I think just two weeks ago we were asking, is it Odell or Evans? And if it's now a question of if Evans and Hopkins is a conversation, well, then Odell should be right there with them too. I mean, are they the only three receivers you would ever consider as the top spot? Yeah, those those are clearly my top three right now, and um, that's obviously not a knock on, not meant to be a knock on Antonio Brown or Julio Jones or AJ Green. But for me, I'm just I'm just trying to buy years, and um, and Beckham and and Evans and Hopkins, I think, have more years, more quality years in them. 
So uh, uh, there's plenty of people probably who would still rank Brown number one, maybe would even take him number one overall. And uh, I'm, I'm not here to argue that he's, he he belongs uh, in the top as well. I just, I would just have a hard time taking him over those guys who are four or five years younger. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, So let's, let's try to go, let's stick on the wide receiver topic and go a little bit deeper. If it's Beckham and Evans and Hopkins, and then maybe Brown and Julio, what, what does that next group look like for you? I'm specific, specifically wondering how far Amari Cooper has fallen down the list. I was about to bring up Cooper because you adored him. And are you mad at him? Is he in your doghouse? <laughs> I mean, because you really were all in. Yeah, yeah. I, I love Cooper. Again, one, one of my favorite guys. I've owned him on every roster. I can get a hold of him. I was able to, I say buy low. I, I hope it ends up being a buy low. But I was able to buy him after uh, after his poor start. And I guess I should say really before that, uh, was it Kansas City? That was the Thursday night game. He he really yeah, just blew the up. One huge game he had. Yeah, yeah. I was able to buy him in a couple spots before that, so I think his price shot up temporarily, and and now has started to drop again. So he was he was the wide receiver three, both in our ADP and in my own rankings, behind Beckham and Evans for much of the off season, and no matter what you think of him, it's, it's honestly would just be foolish not to have moved him down. Uh, I mean, Hopkins has clearly moved ahead of him despite the age difference. It's, it's hard to see, uh, hard to, to see him ahead of guys like Brown or even Julio. Um, so I think he's, he's doing well to stay in the top 10 wide receivers. And I've, I've seen some people who have moved him down even to the lower teens or, or even outside of the top 20. I'm, I'm not ready to go that far, but right now for me, it's more of a conversation of Cooper versus guys like cooks or Keenan Allen, or I, have, I just wrote down a list while you were talking of, I was going to ask you Cooper versus X. You want it? It's going to hurt, but yeah, go ahead. All right. Keenan Allen's at the top of the list. I went Allen. I had this trade offer today, basically. Uh, I had to give a little bit. Uh, I think the offer was Allen for Cooper and a third on a team I'm contending, and I rejected. So I guess um, I guess I'll say Cooper there. Okay. I was actually offered this today, and I kind of laughed at it, but my team's a contender was I have Cooper, and he offered me Dez and a little bit of junk for Cooper. No, I don't want to do it. I mean, Des is Des has probably lost as much value as Cooper has this year and he doesn't doesn't have age on his side. So, and he doesn't uh, look good. No, it's Cooper clearly over Des for me. Yes. For me. I I just wanted to mention that one. Corey Davis. You can't go there yet. Can you? No, Cooper. Okay. Cooks. See, I think cooks there. I think I'm ready to do that. Me too. Uh, T Y Hilton. Oh, uh, Cooper. Agreed. Baldwin. Uh, so underrated, even by me still. Um, that one's a coin flip for me. That one is tough for me too. I guess I probably would go Cooper, but I'm probably going to look foolish for that, for that choice. I mean, I, I guess those, those questions looking at some of those players that probably puts him. Yeah. Close to the bottom 10, maybe just outside of the top 10. And, and maybe I, Maybe I would have Allen over him. I mean, Allen's only 
a year and a half older than him or something. So it's not like he's old. Um, I'm, I'm not really worried long-term about injuries. Maybe, maybe I should go back to that trade offer I had today. (laughs) Yeah. I might rather have Allen and Allen's good. Um, especially if you're in it this year, I'd much rather have Allen for the rest of the year for the playoffs. And here's two tough ones for me, the Vikings. I mean, Thielen's been a great story, and it's funny. I mentioned him with Baldwin. Both of those guys are undrafted free agents, and I, I do think things like that, even though it's it's years removed, stick in the back of of our minds. Maybe one of those biases that we we can't just can't get past for whatever reason, even though they are producing on a weekly basis. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing that just that that, that there's a conversation between Adam Thielen or Amari Cooper. I mean, can you imagine us having that conversation two months ago? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Thielen, gosh, just one of the greatest stories of, of this season is his, uh, his emergence and his, his production. What about Tyreek Hill? Hill versus Cooper. That's the last one. Mm, That's a good one. Cooper. Yeah, me too. Eric says, do you have any future free agents to be this off season that we should be targeting in dynasty? This offseason is going to be so fun from a free agency perspective. Everybody has talked for years about that class of 2014, and uh, a large number of those guys are going to hit the free agent market this offseason. But even beyond those guys, there's some players who are, are big names, and these are not necessarily players you would target because they're free agents. Uh, they're, I don't think they're going to be any any cheaper because of that or anything, but Definitely a potential shakeup. Just looking at some of the big names, Drew Brees and Kirk Cousins. I think everybody knows uh, the situation there. I would say Cousins is, do you think he's likely to leave Washington at this point? Is that still fair to say? Yes. But what would, I mean, it seems like there's bad blood there and it was a foregone conclusion. But now the San Francisco situation isn't there. It seems like a good marriage between Gruden and Cousins is who else are they going to get? You know, like all the Washington quarterback situation could be a nightmare. I wonder if they mend fences. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's a matter of who else they could get. I think it's where else he could go. Right. It's all, it's all in, you know, in cousins court, as far as does he decide to stay there or does he, or is there bad blood? Is there, are, are there some things that maybe we don't know about? Um, I mean, cousins in Denver would be would be nice, right? The Giants or Giants, Jacksonville, Browns. There's Cleveland, there's so many yeah. so many teams that uh, I mean, if you just look at the list of starting quarterbacks for this coming week, so many teams that are going to be quarterback shopping this offseason. One of them is going to end up with Drew Brees. Could be the Saints, of course. Uh, but we've heard we've heard rumors maybe they're ready to end that relationship. It's going to be Kirk Cousins somewhere. It's going to be Eli Manning somewhere unless he chooses mm-hmm. to retire. And we've got at least a deep crop of rookie quarterbacks coming in, as we talked about uh, last week with Lawrence. Yeah, and the rumor you keep hearing is if Cousins leaves, they might make a trade for Dalton. Oh, I had not I had not heard that rumor, actually. Yeah, get, get Gruden and Dalton back together. Okay. And maybe they would then keep McCarron or, you know, when do the, what do the Bengals do? Right. Uh, the other interesting one, interesting note is the Vikings. So Bradford, Keenum, and Teddy Bridgewater are all free agents this offseason. Seeing, seeing what they do, I, 
definitely don't think it will be uh, it. It won't be Bradford. I can't imagine uh, the guy that they oh, no. that they look for or that they look to. I know you. Was it was it you saying you were have been really impressed with Keenum? Yeah, I mean, yeah. far exceeded my expectations. Um, it's funny because I told you we had that conversation with Mike Renner today. That was the second half of the podcast it was all Viking talk. And a lot of it was, well, what are they going to do next? And how good Keenum's playing? Pro Football Focus loves them. Um, it seems to me that the Vikings' favorite, though, is Bridgewater, who's my least favorite. Well, they're, they're kind of in a tough spot, too. I talked about the Broncos are going to go into the offseason – not without seeing Chad Kelly in, in game action. Mm-hmm. If Keenum keeps playing so well and, and they're in strong contention, they may go into the off season without seeing Teddy as well. Absolutely. And making it harder. The other 31 teams haven't seen Teddy, you know, yeah. like if you're the Jags and you want to sign Teddy Bridgewater last, you heard he fell in a hole and tore up his knee. You mm-hmm. know, <laughs> that was a long time ago. Uh, some other free agents, it's, there's big names at other positions as well. Carlos Hyde, Le'Veon Bell, both of those players have been much discussed this season. I think it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that Hyde is going to go somewhere else besides yeah. San Francisco. And what happens with Le'Veon will be one of the top stories of the offseason. The Patriots, I'm sure they will figure this out, but they've got some decisions to make. Rex Burkhead, Deion Lewis are both free agents. Uh, Mike Gillsley has been a bust. It's hard to call him anything but a bust. So they've got to figure some things out. And Jarek McKinnon is also a free agent back to Minnesota. Uh, he's, he's played pretty well since Cook went out. Uh, I don't see him staying there. I think he's going to, uh, no. he's going to find another spot where, Ideally, he can play a little bit more, which is good news for dynasty owners. Yeah, and we mentioned Crowell earlier too. I mean, he's a a name, right? And and then the wide receiver's position is is really where it's just flush with talent. All those second and third and fourth rounders who hit from that 2014 class: uh, Allen Robinson and Dante Moncrief and Jarvis Landry, uh, Jordan Matthews. Some of those guys obviously have been up and down, uh, especially this year. But I'm excited to see even where some of those second and third tier guys end up. Like I could see Matthews uh, really regaining some dynasty value if he goes to the right spot. And then some of these uh, undrafted guys are also going to be free agents. Willie Sneed, Cameron Meredith, Tyrell Williams, all will be available as well. John Brown, Alshon Jeffrey, I don't know if you mentioned him. He only signed a one-year deal. Right. I would think A-Rob is the most sought after. Over Landry? Yeah. I think, I mean, Landry doesn't get any yardage. He catches a ton of balls for four yards. Mm, I don't know. It, it's it's going to be fun. I know that. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping, um, I'm hoping for a new landing spot for Dante Moncrief. I think he kind of needs a fresh start and, and considering the way they have used him this year, I, I would be surprised if they even tried to keep him. Like, I don't, I think they're just going to let him walk. Yeah, I agree. I also think A-Rob probably gets franchised. All right, that is all the questions we can get to for tonight. As always, we'll try to hit you up on Twitter and answer some of those questions that we did not get to answer on the show tonight. Thanks again for sending those in, and thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with more Dynasty Blueprint. Blueprint.